1: entertaining knowledgeable all right oh right yeah right live and local it's time for the
0: fan morning show with bart winkler
2: Good morning and welcome into the Bart Winkler Show. I'm Toby Altizer. No Bart Winkler today. I'm in for him. He'll be in this afternoon with Sam Schmitz on the Fan Afternoon Show. So We say goodbye to Rami Makhlouf. We'll miss him. Alongside Tim Shea, we're live from the Lakeland University Studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. The... U.S. Open and golf has gotten underway. Not enough guys to give Who's you, winning? Who's winning? I'm not going to give you an update <laughs> on the leaderboard. There's not enough people on the course. Who cares at this point? I, I agree. I just saw a tweet from a guy from Golf Digest, Dan Rappaport, say that I, I don't want to see the names on the leaderboard until they're finished at least nine holes. I get so sick of seeing, hey, uh, this guy's leading the tournament at even par through three holes. Well, congratulations, three what was, pars. What was
3: the last big tournament a couple of weeks ago? The Open
2: – no, no, the PGA
3: Championship. PGA Championship. I Justin was, Thomas won that. I was here the first day of teed off, literally. Bart – I was here with Bart, and he goes, well, John Daly in the lead after – Well, that's something else. If it's
2: John Daly, then, you know, (laughs) Tiger Woods or something like that. We can talk about it. He said, stop the tournament. It's over. Done. (laughs) Done.
3: Get it over with. John Daly, champion.
2: Yeah. So the U.S. Open's underway out in Massachusetts. I've seen they've kind of been doing the rounds out there. They were out at Fenway the other night. But at the country club, I wonder, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Bart and I did. And I disagreed with him. He said that he thinks that if there's contention, you know, there's some guys in contention, and one of them's like a live tour guy, uh, maybe a Dustin Johnson, a Phil Mickelson, a Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, and they're going up against one of the PGA Tour guys on Sunday in the final round of the U.S. Open, that the crowd is clearly going to be pulling for the PGA Tour guy. And Nick Costos kind of agreed with him and brought up the same thing. And I just, I don't know that I think that's going to be the case. I don't know that fans care as much as some of the golf media and writers want people to. I, I, don't, I don't think they do. You know, when you go out to the golf course and you get to see Phil Mickelson, people are still going to be excited that they get to see Phil Mickelson. You know, Phil needs to win the U.S. Open to complete the career Grand Slam. This is the only major that he's missing. And if he's in contention on Sunday, I have a hard time believing that they're going to side with another guy. A lot of times with golf, it's not necessarily that you're siding with a singular guy. You just you cheer for everyone, but you're going to hear louder roars for the guys you know. You know, you're going to hear a louder roar when Phil Mickelson makes a birdie than Joe Schmo over that you, that you've never really heard of, right? That that's just going to be the case. And generally, outside of Sergio Garcia and sometimes in New York you don't have guys necessarily getting booed on the golf course either so I don't know that that sort of atmosphere is going to show up in Boston this week at the country club I don't think that Phil Mickelson if he's in contention on Sunday is going to be getting booed if he's going up against Rory McIlroy I think both guys are going to get cheers and applause. I think both guys are going to be cheered on like they would be. Usually maybe Phil lost a couple followers. Maybe you hear a little spattering of booze here or there, but I think it's going to be drowned out by the cheers that these guys are going to get. Now that being said, I don't think Phil Mickelson's going to contend this week. Uh, I don't think he's playing the best golf. And I also don't think he's played enough golf to be contending at a U.S. open. The guy that I was going to pick Jordan Spieth apparently is pretty sick He had almost considered pulling out of the tournament, but I think he's still going to be a full go. But I also saw Dan Rappaport of Golf Digest tweet out that it looks like he's going to puke. So that's not great for Jordan Spieth. But this sort of tournament, I think, is going to favor the guys that are a little more accurate off the tee. That are good iron players can chip and putter on the greens, as is typical of a U.S. Open. It's going to be a difficult condition. Are you familiar at all with these type of tournaments and what makes them unique at all, Tim? Like, do you follow golf at all?
3: Eh, I'm not the biggest golf person.
2: So, so do you know what makes the U.S. Open the U.S. Open? No it's the ridiculous rough. So imagine if, you know, if you've been doing the same thing over and over, right? And you've mm-hmm. been So imagine, uh, we'll we'll use basketball as a term. Okay. Imagine you're doing a three-point shooting contest, right? Yep. And you do it maybe one week you've got a little bit more difficult of a thing. Maybe they scoot the three-point line back just a little bit. So it's a little different than usual. Well, you get used to it eventually, right Tim, and then you're yeah. going to get pretty good yeah. at it. And that's what you see on a regular PGA Tour event. The US Open would be like if you've been shooting on a high school three point line, they move it out to an NBA three point line. And on top of that, they put a defender in your face to try and make all the threes. And they lower the shot limit or they lower the the, the time by 15 seconds. Okay. So everything is stacked against the field this week. That's what they always do. That's what the USGA does every single year for the U.S. Open. They make the rough longer than it really ever is on the PGA Tour. No matter where it is. No matter where it it is. They try.
3: From Boston to California.
2: Yep. And occasionally you'll run into one where they do have a low scoring. Congressional a couple years ago. Well, a couple years ago. A long time ago. Rory won it when he was much younger. Won it Congressional with a pretty low score because it rained and they weren't able to make the greens as firm. Aaron Hills when they hosted the U.S. Open
3: was here and They actually
2: had right? a little bit... Yeah, it, okay. Brooks Kepka won there, and they actually had a little bit of lower score compared to what you're used to seeing out of a U.S. Open. But generally, what they're going to try to do is they're going to make the greens rock hard. They're going to make them lightning fast. They're going to make the greens uh, incredibly difficult to deal with. They're going to make sure that the rough is extra long. So it's the weeks where you're going to favor the guys who are more finesse golfers. You're going to favor... The guys who can make sure they put it in the fairway, can make sure that they put it on the green, and then it can putt. So that's why initially I want to take Jordan Spieth, but I struggle taking Jordan Spieth if he's going to be sick this week because it's already a difficult challenge as is. Add in the fact that it sounds like he's dealing with an illness. I might have to change my pick. I'm going to change my pick. Again, I haven't officially announced my pick, but I I initially was going to take Jordan Spieth. The other guy that I've seen some people on board with, Will Zalatoris. Now, if you've never heard of Will Zalatoris or you're not entirely familiar, I understand that. Uh, But he seems to, every single time there's a major championship, bring out his best game. And I don't know that there's a better iron player in the world than Will Zalatoris at this current moment. I know Justin Thomas has been a popular pick. Rory McIlroy also a popular pick as well. Coming off of his win at Canada, I would not be surprised to see Rory McIlroy play well this week. But I, I'll i take Will Zalatoris. I'll take a winning score of about six under, six under par. I do want to read one other thing, but before we take a break here, talking about the live golf tour guys compared to the PGA tour guys, again, I just don't see a situation where fans care enough to decide that they're going to boo these live golf tour guys. You know, I think the writers get so invested and, you know, we do this to an extent in our industry talking about whether it's the Packers. or whatever. Sometimes we get blinded and Tim, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. Uh, you get a little bit blinded by what you see every single day as opposed to what the average fan is thinking. Because maybe we only have the negative people on our side, you know, and they're kind of calling into the station. And the the general consensus is maybe Craig Council is a good manager, just to go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Maybe the general consensus is Craig Council is a good manager, we love this guy. But we have five or six people call into the station every day and say, Craig Council's terrible, fire him, all these different things. He can't win a playoff game. Yeah, and and we get – He overthinks. So then we kind of get this idea as a radio station or as people covering the team that, wow, Wow. Brewers fans just absolutely hate Craig Council and Brewers fans think he should be fired, when in reality the majority of Brewers fans are fine with it. I think golfers and golf writers have gotten to a point where I think they think that this Live Golf Tour thing – is a bigger deal to fans than it actually is. I think if you ask the average fan, and I've talked to different people in my family, other guys that follow golf, do you actually care about this live tour? Do you actually care that they're going over there? We've talked about it on the big show with Leroy and Gary and different things. I I don't think people actually care. I don't think the fans actually care. So, Outside of maybe one guy, and I think the only guy—well, there's a couple guys that are heels already that are going over there that'll be get that are not going to be favorable, anyways. People aren't generally fans of Bryce and DeChambeau. Him going over to the live tour is not going to help that. People do not like Patrick Reed. Him going over to live tour is not going to help that. So those kind of guys, I could absolutely see them having an unpopular uh, response this week. I could see the fans—I don't what think if, booing them. What but, about Phil? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't is, think is Phil. No. People love Phil Mickelson. They've always loved Phil Mickelson. Did he lose some fans? Absolutely. You know, Are are there going to be people out there that were excited to see Phil and then they heard about this Live Golf Tour thing and he went over there and they're going to be a little bit disappointed? Absolutely. But I think the overwhelming majority of fans are going to be so excited to see Phil Mickelson that they're not going to care. They're not going to care that he went over the Live Tour. Even if they have opinions that they disagree with him, they're not going to be strong enough to make it known by booing him on the golf course. I think Dustin Johnson, if he's in contention, which again, I don't think any of these live guys are going to be in contention. I don't think that's going to happen. Honestly, for golf's ratings, if you're NBC and you're covering this thing, that's kind of what you want. You want some of these live golf tour guys versus the PGA tour guys on a Sunday and the final pairing, you want one live guy and one PGA tour guy and they're battling it out or even a couple guys in contention and going up against each other. That's what you want but I don't think the average fan cares as much as these writers and people that cover the sport generally think that they do. You know, we, we can have the discussion about whether you think that they should have gone over there or not. And we've talked about that enough and we've talked about that at length. So I don't think we really need to discuss that anymore, but I, I just don't think that this is going to change how fans react to it, especially only after one event. You know, if this were something that had been going on for a while, and we could kind of really see where this is going, then that'd be different. But I think after only one event, I don't know that they're going to be getting that much of a different response. And so for the writers and people to think that on a Sunday and for Bart to think, Nick Costos to think, and, you know, they're entitled to their opinion, but for them to think that on a Sunday, if it's Phil Mickelson versus Roy McIlroy or Dustin Johnson versus Jordan Spieth, and the the crowd's going to overwhelmingly support, the PGA Tour guy, again, I don't think they're going to care. They're going to care maybe when these guys have missed more events than they have already. Maybe they've gone over and missed some of these PGA Tour events and you don't get to see them as much. Maybe you get a little frustrated then. But at this point, I don't think you're going to see an overwhelmingly uh, overwhelming support for just the PGA Tour guys. I think you're going to see the same amount of support for Phil Mickelson. He's still a fan favorite. I, that's just what I think. if you want to talk about the U.S. Open. I want to talk just a little bit more. I also want to read one thing that I saw on the Internet uh, pertaining to golf. I thought it was kind of interesting. We'll do that next here on the Bart Winkler Show. Toby Altizer in for Bart. Catch him this afternoon from 3 to 6 with Sam Schmidt. But I'm Toby Altizer in for Bart today alongside Tim Shea on 1250 AM, The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: 1250 AM, the fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea. We're live from the Lakeland University Studios here on the Bart Winkler show this morning. Appreciate you guys listening in US Open Underway today. I was just talking about how I don't I don't really think that these live tour guys are gonna get booed like some golf writers think. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe if you were there and you would boo, maybe you can give us a call, 414-799-1250. But I just don't think that the average golf fan cares as much as some of these golf writers and people think Tim, you're not a golf guy. What would it take for you to turn into a golf guy, though? Like, are, do you watch golf tournaments? I at guess all? I
3: would need to go to one of these big golf tournaments. I've been to. There was as a kid, the we had a tournament here in Milwaukee, the GMO Greater Milwaukee yep. Open. Tiger Woods actually. Tiger Woods got his. got his open or start there. Yeah, I didn't see him play. But um he
2: got his first career ace there as well. i, I got to go up there and play that golf course. It's a nice golf course. It's very nice. I've never I've been. Heard. I've got to play that.
3: Um, so I guess I would need to go to one of those big tournaments to maybe.
2: Well, see, so you missed your opportunity. The one to get excited about was the Ryder Cup yeah. at Whistling Straits last year. Yeah. I That's was... the one to go to.
3: It would have been fun to go to. I was not here that weekend. Gotcha. So I, I got couldn't... to go
2: twice. I went okay. on the Wednesday practice round and Sunday final round. And that was fun. Did you stay in one place, or did you walk around and um, go hole to hole, or did you
3: did you try and get a CRM? Wednesday I mean, walked
2: around a little bit, and uh, Sunday we watched some guys tee off on one, and then walked and sat. I think on the twelfth hole, okay, watched some of the guys there. But yeah, I mean, I I I don't know. I love golf. I don't know that I could go to every golf tournament every week I enjoy watching it on Mm -hmm. TV more because you Mm -hmm. get to see all the shots you can kind of see it a little bit better that's kind of how I am with baseball at times it's not that I'd rather watch it on TV I'd rather be at the ballpark but if it's going to be a pitching battle I'd rather watch it on TV because I can kind of see the pitcher working I can kind of see if he's working it outside and what kind of stuff movement he's having on the pitches whereas if I'm sitting in the 200 level I'm not watching him saying like did you see Corbin Burns cutter there Backdoor cutter was nasty I can't see that I also guess
3: I'd, I'd have to be a golfer, like, go out and golf. That's
2: what I think a majority of golf fans are. If you're a golfer, you enjoy watching golf. If you're not someone that golfs, then... I just I just have never golfed. Yeah, I guess I I, I golfed
3: once, I should say. My brother's uh, brother-in-law's bachelor party.
2: So, But are you the kind of guy that when Tiger Woods is in contention... I'll watch. You're turning it yeah, on. Yeah, I'll turn
3: it on. I'll yeah. turn it on for the big moments, the the exciting moments, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, or if, if a big name player is, you know, in contention on the last day, I'll have it on. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. No. And I, I think that's going to be the case for a lot of fans too, is if Tiger Woods are in contention, then they're going to check it out. 414 1250 You can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan talking about the U S open one guy, again, that's not going to be there is Tiger Woods. And Unfortunately, he had to withdraw early from the PGA Championship. Made the cut, which was surprising, I think, to a lot of people, especially after he struggled in his first round. But he made the cut, and he's made the cut in both majors that he's played in, but you could tell that the hills and everything at Southern Hills in Oklahoma were a little bit too much for him and his leg. He's going to rest up now, and next month he'll tee it up again at the Open Championship the 150th Open Championship over in Scotland at St. Andrews, the old course. And I think that makes a lot of sense for him. He's a big historian of golf, and so much history of the game has taken place at St. Andrews. And then on top of that, I actually think that that golf course suits him a little better if he's going to ever going to win again. I'd love to see him win at least one more event. I know that... Some people like to focus on it. Maybe it's what Tiger's focusing on at this point, too. But a lot of people like to focus on he's got, four. I think, 15 majors now, and the record is 18 majors, and that's Jack Nicklaus's record. He's never going to catch that, unfortunately. I don't think he will. But he is tied at 82 victories with Sam Snead. I'd love to see him break that record. Now, if that means that he has to play all the majors, and then maybe a few more events, whatever the case may be. I'd love to see him win another major, but I'd love to see him just win any event and get that 83rd victory and go to the all-time wins list at the top of that because I think that'd be really cool. And I don't know if that's going to require him to come back onto the PGA Tour and play, you know, just a random event here or there, whatever the case may be, whatever event he decided that he handpicked that he wanted to play in. But the, the, golf is in a good spot in that it's tougher than ever to win on the PGA Tour. There's so much talent. It's so deep. There's so many good players nowadays. And that's a credit to what Tiger Woods was able to accomplish in his time uh, playing the game is that he brought golf to so many people. He made it popular to so many people. And I'd love to see him get back out there and win again. I don't know that we'll ever see that again. But 82 victories and him to end on that note would be really, really sad. I'd love to see him get to that 83rd victory, get to the all-time wins list, get to the top of that, as well as I'd love to see him win another major. I don't know if I ever see that really being something that can realistically happen at this point with his leg. It just seems to not be able to hold up for a long term. And all it takes is one little swing and he, he... tweaks it a little bit the wrong way and next thing you know it's bothering him all that day and next thing you know it's it's compounding and hurting early on in the next day and it just continues to get worse. And I think that's what happened at the PGA Championship. Is it, just, it just continued to pile on and get worse. I think St. Andrews gives him his best opportunity to go out there and win again uh, as far as the courses that he could have played this year. I don't think it ever makes sense for him to play a U.S. Open at this point. Again, like I mentioned, the rough and everything's difficult, and we have to remember, not only is his leg bad, but his back has been bad, he's dealt with problems with that, and the torque that is required to get it out of the U.S. Open-style rough as opposed to some of these others is ridiculous, so I don't think that'd be good for him, and I think it makes sense for him to not play in this prepare for the Open because it's going to be... A a little flatter of a golf course, there are undulations up and down, but it's not big elevation changes at St. Andrews, so I think it's going to be good for them there. As well as if they can have the windy conditions and make it so that's a little low scoring, I think you'll see Tiger compete. If it turns into a birdie fest where it's really low scoring and someone's going to win that at double digits under par and significantly under par, then I don't see Tiger competing. I don't see him doing that. But if it were something where he has to maneuver his way around the golf course and the guys all have to play the same sort of way and not be able to overpower St. Andrews, I could see Tiger Woods being able to compete again and maybe win a major championship again. I think his best chance comes next month at the Open Championship. But at this U.S. Open, I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see exactly what the – the atmosphere is going to be like. I am interested to see if these live golf tour guys are going to get booed. I don't think they will, but it is an intriguing thing to watch. People have been talking about it a lot. I saw a clip yesterday from sky sports where Shane Lowry from Ireland was talking about how I'm so sick and tired of talking about this. Can we just talk about golf? Can we just talk about the good stuff going on in the game as opposed to this? And I think it has gotten old for a lot of the golfers. I think it's gotten old for a lot of golf fans as well. So I think this week might be a nice little reprieve for them to kind of get back to the normal where they can just pick their guy that they want to cheer for, cheer them on. You kind of cheer on everybody. Just give your guy a little bit louder of a cheer. I think this might be a good reprieve. I'm excited to see who wins it. Again, I think I'm going to take Will Zalatoris this week. I don't feel great about that pick, but Will Zalatoris, I'll say six under par, is the winning score. All right, that'll wrap up some golf talk. I do want to talk about the NBA Finals as Game 6 is tonight. Game 6 is tonight. My prediction of Celtics and 6 can no longer happen. Bart's prediction of Warriors and 5 can't happen. But I might have to owe Bart two Wendy's combos if if the Celtics lose tonight. So I don't know if I can say I'm cheering for the Celtics because I don't really want to say that. but. No. <laughs> I don't know if I are going to say that. All right, we'll talk about Game 6 of the NBA Finals next here on the Bart Winkler Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea here on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Bart Winkler Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler. You can catch him this afternoon on the Fan Afternoon Show at 3 o'clock, just for today. He'll be back tomorrow. In his usual slot here from 6 to 10. I'm alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University Studios I want to dive into the NBA Finals, but before we do, I want to let Bart tell you about a place where if you're going to go watch a game, you're going to love it because the food is awesome. You Maybe go check out an NBA Finals game tonight. If you're going to a Brewers game, maybe you can check it out pregame, walk over to the stadium afterwards. Or you can go there during the games and watch it, not that far away, 4th Base Sports Bar over there in Milwaukee. Here's Bart to tell you all about it. Hey guys, Bart Winkler, let me give you a quick update on what's going on in 4th Base Sports Bar.
1: All the same food that you know and love, they still have it. They've got, that's the update. The food is, the food's very good. CJ's behind the deli case, that's right, it is a restaurant, sports bar feel, you walk in there and there's a deli case. So, you know, you go watch a game, You, you might get like something to snack on or... Some, you know, food that's not prepared well, real well. And that's what you come to expect when you're watching a game. How about watching a game, having that experience, and then eating a delicious steak or getting a delicious steak sandwich or maybe the seafood options that they have? the crab legs, all of that, the burgers. This is incredible what they cook up for you, fresh for you, made to order at fourth base. It is a great atmosphere. It's got great food. It's right by the stadium just a pop fly away on National Avenue. You know, with the team on the road, it's a good place to gather. When they're at home, you can head to the stadium right after you're at fourth base or vice versa or even during. It is good, good stuff. Fourth base actually runs to the stadium quite a bit. The visiting teams, a lot of them throughout the league now get the, the food they get catered is from CJ and fourth base. So it's got their stamp of approval. Check them out. Fourth base sports bar. Great local brews on tap. Really a great spot to check out some games or just to have a good time and a good meal. Check them out. Fourth base on national updates on Facebook, fourth base restaurant, national Avenue.
3: Have you been to Fourth Base before, Tim? I've been there. I have not eaten there. Oh man,
2: you're missing out.
3: Bart, Bart says he's going to take me at some point. Yeah, he's I mean been it's, at some point at, some point. at some
2: point, we we'll have to go. Uh, when <laughs> we went, me, Bart, Sam, and Rami. I think Sam and I both got steaks. Okay. I don't remember what. I think Rami got some sort of fish or something. I don't. I think Bart got the shaved steak sandwich. Yeah, or he something. talks
3: about that all the time.
2: I tell you what, the steak was amazing. I got we got onion rings as well. Okay, and they're like thin with some like green onions. It's so good. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a. I like to cook. I'm not a chef, so I can't tell you what's in stuff. But it was so good. It was so good. Make sure you check that out. Fourth Base Sports Bar. Want to talk about the NBA Finals? Toby. Yeah. Before
3: you talk about the NBA Finals. Yeah. I saw this tweet. And I just wanted to uh, read it for Bucks fans that tonight, this could be the last day we get to call the Bucks the NBA champs. And we don't know when we'll get to do it again. Enjoy the day. Rewatch Game 6. Do whatever you need to do to make it a good day. Just yeah, a reminder.
2: Unfortunately, this is probably or could be either way. Either tonight or on Sunday night. It's going to be the last time you can call the Bucs the defending NBA champions. It's, it's
3: coming to an end tonight. Sorry.
2: I kind of think I, I so, apologize. too. I kind of think so, too. We had Nick Costos on yesterday, and he was saying that he's hammering the Celtics minus three and a half. And I, I looked this morning. I think the line has moved to four. I kind of think Warriors plus four is a hammer that, right? Like That's what I feel like. I mean, I'm not an expert like Nick Costos, but... I feel like I think the Warriors have been playing better than the Celtics the last couple games, especially last game. I mean, the Celtics, you know, just just a couple question marks off of this. Will the Celtics get caught up in their foolishness that they always seem to? Are they going to sit there and complain to the refs the entire half? Because if they are, then they're going to run into problems. Are, are they going to sit there and complain all game long that they're not getting the calls? Because if they do, they're going to run into problems. Are they going to do their flopping and all this stuff? I, I could see the the Warriors winning in that case. Uh, looking at the Warriors side of things, what's Andrew Wiggins going to do? Is he going to give you that same sort of performance that he gave you in Game 5? I don't think you can expect that much out of him. But is he going to give you something similar to that? Because if he gives you something similar to that, or at least just a little bit like that... Good luck beating the Warriors, because I can tell you one thing. you got to feel awful as a Celtics fan that you lost that game and you held Steph Curry in check. Stephen Curry did not get anything going in Game 5, and yet somehow the Warriors were able to find a way to win that basketball game. If you're the Celtics, you cannot allow the the, the Golden State Warriors to win games in which Stephen Curry doesn't play like a superhuman he can play like at times. Whenever Stephen Curry struggles, the Warriors have to lose that game, the, the Celtics have to take advantage, and they didn't in Game 5. Steph Curry didn't make a three. That's one of the craziest stats I've heard, is in all the playoff games that Stephen Curry had played in up to that point in his career, he had made a three-pointer. And then last game, Game 5 of the NBA Finals, was well, the first time in his career that he did not make a single three pointer. 0 for 9. I would have never thought that there'd be a game that Steph didn't make a three, unless he left early because of injury or something. 0 for 9 from 3 for Steph, and they were still able to win. Who do you see winning tonight? 414 799 1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan, because I-, I think obviously this is a game that the Celtics have to win down 3 2. What are you gonna get out of Jason Tatum? Is he gonna step up? Is he gonna be the superstar that some people are calling him? Like myself. I've called him a superstar, but he hasn't played like it necessarily in the NBA Finals. Is Jalen Brown gonna give you what he's given you for a lot of the series, or is he gonna give you what happened in the last game where he didn't give you a whole lot? What kind of what kind of game are you gonna get out of Jalen Brown? I'd love to see Jason Tatum step up more. You know, Bart has kind of been on his case saying Jason Tatum is a very passive superstar. He's never the one initiating it. He's never the one forcing his way into being the dominant player. And I I think you've seen that to an extent in the NBA Finals, and it's been disappointing to me as someone that I, I like Jason Tatum. You know, I don't like cheering for the Celtics. The only reason I maybe am cheering for the Celtics is because I don't want to have to pay for Wendy's for Bart. I don't want to have to buy things for Bart. But... I think Jason Tatum, at times, has shown you that he can be a really special player. And this season, he was a special player, first-team All-NBA, but he sure isn't playing like it in the NBA Finals. You know, Last game, he played a little bit better. He he was actually a little more efficient with scoring the basketball. I don't know if I want to depend on him to continue doing that because I haven't seen it out of him. I haven't seen enough consistency out of Jason Tatum to believe that tonight he's going to go out there and be big for this team again I think he can be I think he's got all the tools and I've seen him play on big stages before whether it's internationally whether it's at Duke I've seen him play on big stages before and come through I'm not sure why in the NBA finals he's played so poorly played well in game five J- Jalen Brown played poor in Game Five, though. So, what what are you going to get? Are those guys going to be able to work together and play well together? Because if they play well together, the Celtics absolutely should be able to win, even if Steph Curry has a good game. You know, are they going to be able to hold Steph Curry in check again? That's another question. If the if the Celtics hold Steph Curry in check again, then you got to think that Boston's going to win this game. If there's a Game Seven going back to Golden State. I think it's pretty much a coin flip in that I actually would favor the Warriors tonight because of how well they played in Game 5 compared to what the Celtics did in Game 5. And if they can win tonight, you're going to see Steph Curry cemented as one of the top 10 players of all time. Some of us already have him in the top 10. I think a lot of people maybe are watching this series and maybe making a judgment off of it and seeing maybe they'll they'll move him up into that top 10 if they're able to win this NBA Finals, because he's kind of had to be the, the really the driving force behind them winning this. I still think he's right there already. But either way, you're going to see so much talk about Stephen Curry's legacy if they're able to win this NBA Finals. And it could end tonight. It could end tonight. 414 799 1250. You can tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan. Let's get out to Hooper himself, Ram on the north side. Ram, what's going on, man? how you been man
4: great 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 um I, I got i always had the Warriors in six mm-hmm and the only reason they didn't sweep if if they if we if the warriors would have had a healthy play this would have been over with i just think when mark jackson made the comment that the warriors i would probably because they have the two best shooting guards of all time and i watch a lot of basketball you know, when, so we're just not talking about guys that can shoot. We're talking about guys that can shoot, that got IQ, that can go through mm-hmm. the ground, Spread the floor out. But then when you add Jordan Poole to the mix, Curry doesn't have to have a great game to win. They beat the Bucks with Curry only had eight points. And Jordan Poole just went crazy on the Bucks. Remember
2: that game? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to have someone step up. And, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's the thing that you saw in Game but, 5. They, st- that,
4: I don't think it's that. They're built. Like, when you look, their team is built by, with shooters.
2: Yeah, I mean, they they've got,
4: they've got, got guys. They, got, they shoot like 51% from the field as a team. They've been doing that for like about seven, eight, nine years.
2: But so even even with the, the shooters, good. I think, you know, Game 5 depended on they needed someone to step up in Steph Curry's struggles, and they had a guy like Andrew Wiggins. And I think for the Celtics, they just so, haven't had that guy step up. I don't they have not think haven't even, that guy. They haven't even had their stars really step up.
4: They're, t- they're young. You're going against a veteran team. Who got five core players that have won? I I just don't see that happening. Well, and I, I got to go with vets and experience every rip.
2: I I agree on that, and you're seeing the experience for right. the the Warriors come through, and that like w- w- with with right. the the Celtics, any sort of break that doesn't go their way, they're complaining, hands in the air. It seems like it kind of distracts them, whereas well, the Warriors understand the Warriors those
4: defense. things. Defense. Absolutely. Um, Wiggins has been locking Tatum up. Oh, That's absolutely. Uh, Clay Thompson been locking Jalen Brown. Clay Thompson is a two-way player. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people don't give him his credit. He's a two-way player. He's an all-NBA player. And and Wiggins, I don't care what the media says. Yeah, he was a number one pick, but you can't control the team that you go to. I mean, look at Carmelo Anthony. He's, a, he's a, a top pick, but he played with teams that weren't trying to build championships. Does that make him a bad player? No. Does oh, that I... mean, uh, he don't live up to the expectation? You could have great numbers and still lose. Yeah. Absolutely so we're talking about this straight talent and the impact. I always felt that Wiggins had that. He just had to, you know, be with the right, right team. Look, the, see, my real quick question is this. I get tired when I hear the new school media not tell the full truth because why don't people talk about the Lakers in Boston always getting free agents to help them win titles? You don't hear that, Toby. You, you The Lakers have got five free agents that have helped them win NBA titles and with magic – and you never hear to no one talk about that. Bring balance, or, you, or it makes you look hypocritical. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. if you get a top player and you put them in a winning environment, what do you think's supposed to happen? Yeah, and that's what I think what's, you what's got good with having numbers. Look at okay, look at baseball. You got Mike Trout. He's putting up serious numbers.
2: But yeah, but that what, team's what never is, competing. I mean, that's
4: a good example. I, you think the Angels really have a chance to make it to the World Series? Probably not.
2: Probably not, no. Right, not right. some of these so other teams. But if you
4: take him and put him on the Yankees, oh, man, it's it's some problems taking place. So I think that goes the same for all the sports. But I'll just say right now the Warriors have uh, not just going to win tonight. They have built their legacy for the next wave because the next wave is going to be Wiggins, Poole, Kaminga, Moody, and, and uh, I missed somebody. Probably Looney. There you go. Yeah. They're building youth, so you got to look at Myers and what they're doing, and other teams need to look at what are they doing to rebuild, because they got a youth. They they got a bench that probably next year that can win a lot of games, and Curry and Clay and and, and Dre probably don't even have to play that way as much.
2: Yeah, so no, that's I mean that's,
4: that's how you build a team. I think
2: they they've done a really good job of mixing the old school with the new school guys, so they can kind of have a mix of as soon as these guys that were the old regime of Steph and Clay and Draymond, when they're done, they're still going to have a good basketball team. I think they'd Is still... Is that how you supposed to keep it going, though? Yeah, absolutely. They've done an incredible job, and that's why I don't think that... You know, people don't like the Warriors because of how successful they've been. Absolutely. It, it has nothing to do with... Oh, they bring in every free agent, or you know,
4: but they it, built through the draft. Absolutely, came through the draft.
2: The, the Golden State Warriors are a prime example of what you can do if you build teams through the draft and you do it effectively. Absolutely, you got to have
4: a good scout that know how to
2: find. Absolutely, guys. Ram, appreciate it, man.
4: Camille was over in Africa. Mm-hmm. Then he came to Philly. So that mean, they got somebody on the job. It, you know, real quick, it reminds me of Ron Wolf when he was with the Packers. He had a hundred scouts. So, if there's somebody that can play some football, see, I think all sports franchises and the fan base should listen to that. You got to find talent. I Me, mean, you might have to start looking at a kid's junior in high school.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you
4: can pay good money. Why not?
2: Ram, appreciate it, man. All
4: right, man. Thanks for taking my call.
2: Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. I think you had some good points. If you want to jump off of that, talking about the Warriors, they're an interesting team because I think it honestly is true that people. Hate the Warriors because of how successful they were, but they like, do you hate the Warriors because of how they built their team? Because I don't think you can. Like, they've done a good job of keeping their guys and they've done a good job of making sure that these guys uh, stay within the organization. You know, after their win in game five, Brian Windhorst called it a checkbook win. I get what he's saying to an extent. I, I get where he's saying they went into the luxury tax and they did all these different things that. You know, other franchises aren't necessarily willing to do, and they were willing to pay the extra money to keep these guys. But I, I have a hard time getting mad at an organization for keeping guys that they drafted around. You know, that's what you wanted. You wanted the Bucks to keep P.J. Tucker. Now, they didn't draft P.J. Tucker. I understand that, but you wanted the Bucks to continue to go into the luxury tax to keep P.J. So why, why are we going to get mad at the Warriors for... Spending money to keep their own guys. Tonight's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, You know, a decisive game for the Celtics. Are these guys going to be up for the challenge? Because they're they're going to be a tough team again next year for the Bucs, no matter what. You know, whether they win or not, they're going to be tough. They've seemed to play better this year when they're backed up against the wall. This Celtics team doesn't ever do a good job of setting themselves up in a position to or when they're put in a position to succeed and they're put in a position of being in the forefront and having an opportunity to kind of close things out and put themselves in an easy position. They never seem to do it. You know, They had an opportunity to give themselves a 3-1 lead. They didn't take advantage. They had an opportunity to give themselves the 3-2 lead headed back home to Boston. Couldn't do it again. They've got to come out ready to play tonight. I'm interested to see if they're going to be able to continue to keep Steph Curry in check. You know, they did a really good job of following him around the floor, making sure he never got an open look. You know, as opposed to early in the series, they kind of continue to play this drop coverage on him where you'd have the screener try to go over, obviously as you have to do with every Steph Curry screen, and then they'd have whoever was going to be the 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 hedge guy, whether it's Horford or Robert Williams, they were too far off and he'd come off and he'd knock down the shot. And they did a better job in Game 5 where they kind of had a guy just trailing him, following him around the entire floor, and that's why Steph Curry struggled. But in turn, you had these other guys really step up. You had, as Brim brought up, the, the other shooters on this team really step up, whether it was Clay, whether it was Draymond, whether it was Andrew Wiggins who played really well, and some of these other guys, Gary Payton, Jordan Poole. Those guys really stepped up, you know, you got Jordan Poole the the local Milwaukee guy and Kevon Looney. I think a lot of people are cheering for the Warriors to win this not only because the Celtics are the Celtics and knocked out the box but because of those guys on the Warriors. And I'm excited to see, you know, even if the Warriors win even though I picked the Celtics so to speak. I I think I was going off of who I thought was the best team and you know, that that's where I saw it going. I saw either the Bucks or the Celtics winning that series and going on to win the NBA Finals. I can understand why people <laughs> don't like that take of mine. But I I think you're going to see tonight where the Warriors are going to come out ready to go. They're a championship basketball team. They see an opportunity in front of them. They understand that if you've got two shots at it, you don't necessarily want to have to depend on the winner go home game at game 7 at home. They want to win this thing in six. They've got an opportunity to close this thing out in front of them, and they're going to take full advantage of that if they can. Whereas the Celtics team, now they understand their backs are against the wall. Does that mean these guys are going to play better? Is Jason Tatum going to be up to the challenge? Jason Tatum, you know, we talked about this not that long ago on the big show. Is he the next ascending superstar? Well, these are your chances to be the ascending superstar. These are your chances to put your name in alongside some of those Celtics greats, really. You can try and win a championship right now. You have the opportunity. This is how you cement your legacy as one of the greatest in franchise history. This is how you cement your legacy as one of the greatest in league history is by showing up in these sort of situations. Is he going to be able to do that? Is Jalen Brown going to be able to give you something else, something more than he gave you in game 5. He had been good up until the until that point in the series. He didn't give you a whole lot in game 5. I think Robert Williams has been really good in this series. I think the only other question out of this thing is did Andrew Wiggins play well enough to even be considered over Steph Curry for Finals MVP? I would say no. Tim, do you there, there's no way that anyone else but Steph is winning Finals MVP at this point, right? Like it's just got to be Steph. Right?
3: right. You're you're 100% right. Yeah. It's Steph.
2: And I don't, I don't think it'd be crazy
3: if anyone else wins it.
2: It would have to be such a large gap for anyone else to win it because Andrew Wiggins would have to go off for another, you know, thirty-point night, and Steph would struggle again because the narrative is Steph would have to struggle again. Andrew Wiggins another
3: thirty-point game, and maybe, maybe a game-winning shot to win the title. Yeah, that's then we yeah. might have to look.
2: Yeah, you, yeah, that would be closer. But even so, the narrative has been that Steph Curry's never won a finals MVP, and this is his chance. And let's be honest, they're not in the situation for Andrew Wiggins to be big and try and win that game if Stephen Curry isn't absolutely unbelievable throughout this series. 43 points earlier in this. I, I don't think there's any way that you can pick anyone other than Stephen Curry at this point. It's still Steph. That's going to be an interesting one to watch tonight. I do want to dive back into the Milwaukee Brewers, talk a little Packers as well in the final hour. Craig Council is now the winningest manager. I don't know what's more surprising, Craig Council doing that or the Brewers actually getting a win at this point. It seemed like it had been two weeks coming for Craig to finally pass Phil Garner and jump to the top of the all-time wins list for the Brewers' managers. But he finally did that last night. I want to talk about that. Also, Pete Prisco of CBS Sports put out – a list of his top 100 players in the NFL. Didn't get a chance to get to that earlier. Do want to break that down. How many Packers are on that list? Where's Aaron Rodgers? Who are the guys for the Packers that are on that list? We'll do all that coming up in the final hour of the Bart Winkler Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea here on 1250 AM, The Fan.